Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses in Missoula. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics. First of all, I can't believe you're going to Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Sammy Kim here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Uh, going to see your old teammates, Mari Torre. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, you've you only been to one NFL game before, but I mean, what do you think that experience is going to be like seeing a dude that you played with once upon a time? Man, I think it's going to be awesome. So I really, You still keep up with them, right? Yeah. Yeah. We talk weekly, daily almost. Um, man, I, I haven't seen him play in person since... 2019 uh, Weber State. I haven't seen him play in person since hmm. 2019 Weber State, so it's going to be pretty exciting. I'm, I'm really excited. Hopefully he gets a lot of burn. Um, I know he's just waiting for his opportunity to be able to make a difference, and, you know, he gets opportunities here and there, but, you know, I know he's trusting the process, and hopefully he can have that breakout game. What did you uh, What did you think when he went to Nebraska? Man, I loved it, you know. Um, we had had some conversations, and um, he had told me what he was feeling, and I understood the situation he was in. You know, we weren't going to be playing, and um, right. obviously he had he was coming off a record-breaking season, Huge year. right? And um, this is an opportunity for him to get film in front of get better film at a Power Five school. You know, he had really good film. Sure, playing. I mean, you know, you can you turn on the film, you know what he can do at the FCS. Totally. But the scouts and the way the NFL looks at it, it's like, well, what kind of competition were you playing on? Even though their team was like three and. Right, three and eight or something sure. like that, but you know, the chances it, are if you're playing in the Big Ten, you're going to be you'll face at least a couple professional corners. Oh, yeah. Whereas in the Big Sky, maybe one in a year yeah. if it's a good year, right? Deron Bland, right? For sure, right? Man, that guy's so good. Anyway, uh, yeah. So um, I fully understood his choice, and I never once, you know, I gave him my thoughts, and never once were my thoughts like, no, I don't think you should do that. No, this. It just, you know, being a supportive friend, being a supportive brother, and you know, it turned out well for me. Ended up having nine hundred, almost a thousand yards. And funny enough, they had a receiver there, Trey Palmer, last year. Yeah, he was the first receiver to go over a thousand, I think. In their history. In Nebraska's history, right? I think so. Yeah. I, I don't, you might have to fact check that, but it's I know they used to run for the triple option for I mean, the for longest sure. time. Forever, so. years and years, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy to see. And if he would have been able to do that, that would have been freaking awesome. But he had a good year. Uh, Deron Bland is a guy that I don't think gets enough, enough shine in terms of his connection to the big sky because he did a similar thing as Samori did. Yeah. He was at Sac State and he had, to, he had this great breakout, uh, actually, two years. He's first team all league two years in a row. When Sack hadn't quite been made their rise yet, and then his last year was the, that year that they had their first really good year, yeah. and then he transferred to Fresno State, mm-hmm. and now I mean, I, I think a lot of people don't realize that he's a big Sky guy. I mean, this dude's balling. I say for the FC, every time I see him get a pick six or an interception, I, mean, I scream in our group chat, "FCS!" That's I mean, FCS right there. He's got he's got three pick sixes this year. That has to be close to a record already. Something. I mean, it's amazing, and he's done it on primetime twice. Yeah. No, every dude time, is a baller. I tweet it every time. Like, in case anybody forgot, that guy started in the Big Sky Conference. Yes, I, I think people need to understand this guy was a Big Sky guy. Yeah, yeah. Deron Bland is is sweet, man. Uh, it, it, that's. It's so interesting because the Sac State stratosphere is fascinating to me because Sacramento is the biggest market in the Big Sky. Yeah. Sacramento and Portland are the two like cities in a in a conference full of mostly just small towns like Missoula and Bozeman and Flagstaff and Pocatello or whatever. Right. But because it's in California, 
They they got one guy for the Sacramento Bee that covers them that writes one story a week. It hardly even has quotes in it. They don't have features about it or nothing. So even though they have this giant market and they've been good, the only time they ever get covered really is when they're playing the Montana schools. I mean, I've had Andy Thompson on the show a million times. Hey, what's it like playing against the Grizz? Because he played for the Grizz once upon a time. I know he's tired of talking about it because it's like that was 20 years ago. He's been in the big sky as a coach ever since then, not at Montana. But it's just interesting because there's – that's the other thing I always tell people about the rise of Sac State. It All it took was a coach that knew they, what he was doing. Because Sac State has been putting dudes in the league as often as anybody in the big sky. DeAndre Carter. Forever. DeAndre Carter's still in the NFL. I mean, he, he's 10 years into the NFL. I'm trying to think. Uh, Darnell Sankey was a great linebacker, yeah. played for the Colts. Isaiah yeah, Henney still, plays in the USFL. Isaiah Henney, for sure. Um, there, there's a couple others. Uh, Marte Mapu, who was the defensive player of the Man. year last year in the league. He's, I mean, he starts for the Patriots. Patriots, yeah. Um, really athletic freak. Uh, Bethel McLeod Thompson was a quarterback there. He went who, to Sac State? Yep. Man, he's a dog in the USFL. I, I mean, he's played pro football for like 15 years. I know, he was in the CFL for a long time, He right? w- He was like uh, a career backup in the NFL, and he's like, well, I want to go, I want to play. So he right. went to the CFL, and then he was like MVP style there, and now who's he, he, he play for in the USFL? The New Orleans Breakers, and he was lighting it up to start the season. Yeah. They kind of waned off after they saw us. You know, we right. beat him, and then they kind of tapered off, but he he had a really good year. They throw it around everywhere, and he's the catalyst to that. Yeah, Sammy Kim, uh, of course, plays for the Philadelphia Stars, for those that haven't been uh, following along. Fascinating. The, the thing I love about the USFL, I mean, first of all, I just love watching football any time, but I, it's so cool how many like Big Sky and FCS guys are, are in there, right? No, I mean, you're on the same team as Case Cook, as we talked about that last week. A-Rod or uh, Adam Rodriguez. Adam Rodriguez from Weaver State. Who else? Is there other guy, FCS guys on other teams, though? I know I have a whole yeah. table on Skyline, but I don't have it in front of me. So we got um, General, the Stars, have Barrier. Yep, Eric Barrier. Um, we yep. have Tristan um, from Eastern. Tristan Taylor, the, Tristan the Taylor. All-American offensive tackle. Man, he's so good. Yeah, he's good. Uh, uh Gosh. I know there's so many. I'm blanking on it right now. There's so many. I, there's we so have many. a table so on, on Skyline Sports, too, so if you go just – Type in USFL on the search And then we bar. have Luis Aguilar as oh, well. Oh, yeah, the uh, punter and kicker yeah. from Northern yeah. Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he hit. He broke a record this year in pro football. A pro he? football record, not just NFL, what, USFL. What was the record? It was. I think it was the most kicks made without a miss or something. He made like mm. eight for eight. Like, he basically won us the game. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a really good game. He ended up hitting the game winner. He hit like three over 50. It was it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of kicking, how about the kicking woes for both both the Montana schools? I mean, Montana, Bobby Huck said at his coach's show last night, he said, hey, I'm not concerned about Grant Glasgow because he, he said kicking is just like a golf swing. Sometimes yeah. you're just striping it and you're feeling good, and then sometimes it's like, what the heck's going on? Yeah. But you got to just get right back to it. I mean, Glasgow was one of the underrated players of the game against Idaho a couple right. weeks ago for the Grizz, and then he, he kind of struggled this last week. Part of it's like the protection, though. Yeah. Coach Huck always says that. He says – Field goal is not a special teams function; it's an offensive function. Yeah, I, th- I find that interesting that he says it like that, but I, it, it makes sense, right? Because it's 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 on the line and the operation, right? Right, man. If you knew how many woes we went through, because I've never played on field goal protection, right? So during the stars this year, we struggled a lot early on in the season yeah. protecting the. Did kick. You, were you on field goal protection this year for the stars? No, no I was okay, not. Okay, I've never yeah, been yeah. on it. Just watching it, I've yeah, never yeah. paid as close attention to it as I did this year because I would be in all the special teams because I was on the special team. So they talk about field goal and I watch. Sure. And man, that play is so hard. Right. Our, our coach basically calls it two and a half seconds of of terror for for your players because <laughs> it's just it, it's just the worst play. In the game because you got guys running at your face, you got your feet planted. You're supposed to just like basically just let them run you over. Just don't let it. It's just it's a hard play. There's a lot of things that make Montana great. 
from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Well, Grant Glasgow, the freshman kicker at Montana, uh, I think he's going to be just fine. They, you know, they, they had a, a couple special teams errors against Northern Colorado, but otherwise just ran roughshod over the Bears. Uh, Brendan Hall, the, the young man at Montana State, I think that's uh, – He's having a rough go. He's having a rough go, man, and he hasn't had anything to break the chain. Yeah, you know he he had he had one blocked against Sac State, and then he had to go out there and line up for a fifty yarder at the halftime buzzer, and he totally shanks it. But there's yeah. a penalty, so that he has to line up again, and then he shanks, shanks it even it worse. And then he's just in his head, in his head. In the then, Idaho game. I mean, last week he 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 had no chance, man. I mean, he missed one, he got one blocked, and then he had to line up to kick a forty four yarder to tie it. It's like there's just no chance this is going right, in. Right. I mean. Man, that sucks. And I feel for that guy because, man, if anybody I feel like is in their head the most, it's probably the kickers. For sure. Because you know, they're not on the field for so much, so they only totally. get to show what they can do and so they, much. And they can't contribute in any other way. Exactly. Right? Like, you either have to do it or you don't, and everybody's watching you either succeed or fail. Exactly. And then, in the position he's in, it was the game tire. So then after that, it's like, oh, this guy can't do this. This guy might be one of the best kickers in the country. He might just be in a slump. We don't know. I mean, it... It just sucks. I feel for him. It's it's not a favorable position to be in. The, the part that is, I think there's a silver lining to it, only because Brennan Hall wasn't really a field goal kicker during his time at SMU. He was a punter. He's a really a, good punter, he's a, right? And he's still a good punter. Right. He's actually a great punter. Right. Uh, I mean, I would say the two best, I guess, well, there's actually several really good punters in the league right now. But, I mean, I'd say the three guys that are in the, the race for the first-team all-conference is Idaho, uh, Ricardo Chavez, uh, Montana, Travis Benham, and uh, – Brendan Hall at Montana State. Right. Brendan Hall's also one of the best kicks-off specialist guys in the league. I mean, he kicks out back the end zone pretty much every time. Yeah. So if they decide to go with Casey Katzman as their field goal kicker, which I'm pretty sure they will. Brent Vegan said that all week that uh, they're going to – he said, we're going to go back to the drawing board and we're going to really analyze it. Whatever this. the drawing board is. Yeah, that's what he said. Whatever <laughs> the drawing board is, exactly. So they're going to go with Katzman as the field goal kicker. But I, I, I do think there's a silver line there because Hall doesn't have to just get benched, you know. Right. It's not just like senior year, it's over, you're never going to do anything again. He still has two valuable roles on, on Montana State. You see State. him kicking in the league, like punting and kickoff? Man, it's interesting. He, he's going to get a, a look just because he's so unique. I mean, yeah. he's six foot nine. Yeah. The levers, you know, are, are pretty impressive. I think Benham is going to get a chance in the league too because you want to know what Benham's got? Benham's a really good punter. But people forget this. He was a D1 baseball player, too. Really? Like, so he's got athleticism. Yeah, so he he can throw. Uh, That's why they've run those fake punts, because like Bobby uh, said at his coach's show last night, he's like, dude, this is not just some punter. This guy is like, this guy throws 91 miles per hour when he's a pitcher. So, like, wow. we, we're going to trust him, you know? Like, a lot of times you're like, well, why would you want the dorky little punter to throw? This guy's like a real athlete. Yeah. So, <laughs> not, not saying some not punters, punters aren't, aren't athletes. But some punters aren't <laughs> athletes. <laughs> but Travis Benham certainly is. Um, okay, so let's get to the uh, the Grizz story of the week. <laughs> it's funny because I was in the middle of nowhere. I was driving to the Kibbe Dome. There's the stretch between Plummer and Moscow where there's just no cell service whatsoever. Yeah. I'm listening to your pregame show with you and, and uh, Ace Sauerwein and Danny Bedard. Man. And then, the, then it just goes out and I got nothing. And then I finally get hooked up to the Wi-Fi in the Kibbe Dome, and I already got like 75 texts. Ayat, 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 ayat. Man. People are freaking out. People are freaking out. But I was like, okay, grain of salt, because most people are going to be texting me are just going to be 
fans and boosters and they're probably having some sodas and you know it's easy to get excited especially when the grids are up 40 to nothing and whatever but then when you text me and then when marty mornawag texts me and then people that i know actually truly are analyzing this stuff you know professionally i'm like okay maybe this kid's a real deal then i see some highlights on twitter okay and then i was like all right i gotta watch the game so i rewatched the game uh, I will say one thing, and then I'll let you talk about whatever you want when it comes to Ayat. He's absolutely legit. He's legit. He's legit. He's legit. You can so, just tell. Man, you can tell. I I think it goes understated. I was just so taken aback by how comfortable he looked so running the poised. offense. To be a true freshman, this kid's probably 18, 19 years old. Totally. I mean, he made some mistakes for sure. He missed some throws. Like, sure. He didn't miss some throws, but like he missed some reads. In my opinion, there were some throws that he could have made that would have been easier. That's to be expected for a freshman. But the the poise, the, the comfortability in the pocket, the ability to scramble, the ability when the play broke down, he didn't, he didn't look like he was stressed. He threw the touchdown to Junior off his back foot. Like, the way he was able to operate the offense without any... Like, he just didn't look like a freshman to me. No, that's right. He didn't look like a freshman well, and, to me. He also, it's not just the the age, though. He, okay, the haters could say, well, wh- who cares? It was against Northern Colorado. They haven't won any games. I don't care about that. I'm analyzing this based on a faceless opponent, though. He, the way he moves with the ball and the way he does his footwork and just the intangible stuff, I mean, dare I say, I, I don't, I really haven't seen a quarterback for the Grizz look like he looks with the ball in his hand since like Craig Oaks. I mean, we're talking I don't even twenty know years. That is. Well, I mean, yeah, right. We're talking twenty years ago. Like Dallas, he's a great quarterback, but he's also like sort he's of a backyard. He, style. He's, a, he's a little spark plug, and and he's really sort of jittery because he's yeah. just so fast and he's yeah. really high wired. And yeah. you know, he's not getting by because of his poise and calm nature. He's getting by because he's a dog, he's and a he's com- a leader. He's a competitor. He's screaming at you. He's yeah. you know, he's running upfield and you know, yeah. he's showing shoulder, it with his actions, lowering his shoulder, all that sort of stuff. Right. And that's a great style of quarterback to have, especially at the college level. But this kid, this looks way more like a pro style quarterback. I'm not saying sure. he's a pro, but he looks like yeah, a pro. I mean, he yeah. look he he moves like a guy that is completely. Developed. It looks like he's been coached really well, developed really oh, well. Oh, he must have been coached tremendously right. well. I mean, obviously his old man was an outstanding quarterback for the Grizz, Brian Ayat. Um, but he also must have had great high school coaching because yeah, for sure he is far superior. I mean, he is the most fundamentally sound in terms of have. ball skills and footwork and stuff that Montana has on their roster for sure. For sure, I man, I was so impressed and I thought he looked really good. I was I I was just so happy because man, so I was in the box with the GSP people, my girlfriend or my fiance. You know, yeah. she works for Hub, so they get access to the box. And um, Ayat came in and I turned around and everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, is that Ayat?" And everybody was just like. What do you mean? I was yeah. like, that's a freshman. That's a freshman. They're like, what do you mean? Like, nobody even knew what I was talking about. I was totally. like, you guys are not. Like, this is yeah. this is huge. I mean, <laughs> I don't really, I can't really remember the last time. I, I mean, I, I can't actually. I think that the last time a true freshman played for Bobby Houck was in his third game back in 2003. Wow. And all their quarterbacks got hurt. Craig Oaks was out. Jeff Disney was out. And so they decided to put Kyle Sampson, who was a kid from Helena Capital, he's now the head coach at Montana Tech 20 years later. But wow. they took they put him in because Kyle Samson was an option quarterback in high school. So they ran like the the veer option basically against Idaho when Idaho was still FBS and they beat the pants off of him. Wow. And Kyle Samson then went back to receiver after that and they ended up transferring to Montana State Northern and then he went, you know, now he's a frontier conference coach. But I'm pretty sure that's the last time 
And that was only because they didn't have anybody left. In other words, what I'm saying is this is the first time Bobby Houck's ever put a true freshman quarterback in the game intentionally to actually play quarterback. Yeah, and I've heard uh, – what I've heard the coaches talk about is they said they've been trying to get him in the works for the last couple weeks. They just haven't found an opportunity. For sure. Or he's been the number two for the last couple weeks. But he you, know, you can say that. But he has been working with the twos, I know that. And they actually started listing him on the, uh, on the depth chart as the two, two. Uh, come into the Idaho game. I think they're doing it the right way, though, saving his record. For sure. But well, able that's to – That's the thing is, you know, they could say, oh, we're looking for opportunities to get him in the game, but now the circumstances worked out perfectly. Exactly. Because now you can just play him in every single game from here on out. Right. For those that missed that rule, it was like a mid-season change by the Division One Council, but now you can for for several years freshmen can play in four games or less and not burn their red shirt, but the, the change is now you can play in the playoffs, it doesn't count. Yeah. So last week was four games from the end of the season for the Grizz. Boom, now that he can play Kiali Ayat can play in the last Four games of the regular season and into the playoffs as well. So, okay, we're both on the same page that this kid has massive talent and that he has a bright future. How do you go about managing this now, though, with the offense? Because they struggled so bad with two quarterbacks for the first month. Then they went with one quarterback and they won for an entire month. Right. How do you manage it now? Oh, man, that's a tough question. It's Uh, so tough, right? I don't know, man. Dare, I mean, I don't know. I, I would definitely like to see how it looks this week, potentially running two quarterbacks. Um, I don't know, man, because Clifton has, has done a good job, but I do I do think that there's just some things in terms of throwing the football that Kiali E. Ayat is probably better at than Clifton. Not to say Clifton's not a good quarterback. You know, he, he does everything that we need him to do to be able to win, for sure. But – um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like you just got to see how it works. See how they. I mean, it all depends on how they play him this week. It depends sure. on what the reps look like. It depends. I mean, because ultimately, what he needs is reps. Right. Ayat. Ultimately, sure. what he needs is reps. So it's whatever it's like, quarterback needs. It's, it's becoming exactly that's what every quarterback. But it's it's becoming a situation where it's like, it's it's do or die time now. So it's like we right. don't have time to really feel somebody right, out. Sure. Like know? on on one on one hand. I get what they're what they're doing because I do think that I think McDowell has been very solid. And I think they've catered the offense to him for sure, but I do think he's limited. Yeah, and I do think that that might be the stopgap that keeps them from going where they truly want to go. Mm-hmm. So you get this young kid ready, you bring him along until he's ready, and then you just let him roll. Yeah, I get that part, but if the the worst case scenario for him is that McDowell hits a roadblock and can't get you over the top, and then you put the freshman in and he melts down and. Then you have no confident quarterback, yeah. and that's not where you want to be because that's yeah. where you were at against Northern Arizona, and that's why you have one loss on your record. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's definitely interesting. Uh, I think you get him in in this Sac State game, one, because it's a big game, to see how he responds, to see how he handles the pressure of, you know, top 10 game, Big Sky, or I mean, Wagri is at its, at its peak where all the fans are going to be out, night game under the lights. I mean, I think it's a good opportunity for show, for him to show what he can do. Now, the reps and the possessions that he's going to have, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure about that. Okay, so here's – people always ask me, what do you root for? And I always tell them, I'm an objective journalist, but I always root for the great stories. I, all I want is a great story. I'm an underdog guy. Uh, underdogs are always great stories, but there's so many different scenarios that are great stories. Last year covering the Grizz was tough because there was multiple scenarios. There, there was no great story associated with it. It was just this team with so much potential failing to meet expectations. Right. That's a terrible story to cover, right? right? Like I don't like to cover those kind of right, stories. Right. But now with this Grizz team, here's the scenarios we got. They could surge all the way down the stretch, win all the way out, be 10-1 and one and get the two seed. Tremendous story. Yeah, They could win the next two, 
get wiped by their rival or lose to the rival. But still, great story because how are you going to get back? You're still better than people thought you were going to be. You're still going to be a seed in the playoffs. A lot of them in front of you. Heaven forbid you lose all three, but even that would be a, a crazy deal because then you're analyzing it for both ends. What happened in right. September? What happened in October? Why'd you fall off in November? So this is like a season. But of- the one, the one I really love is that they hit some adversity, but figure out a way to to get it done the next couple weeks, and then they unleash the freshman, Man. and he's the guy the that, that leads them all the way Man. to the promised land. I mean, that would be if Kelly Ayat is the guy that gets them over the top, and he does it at the end of the year, that would just be it would be an unbelievable story, man. I hope it's I hope that's the story. <laughs> For I mean, sure, man. Uh, I think this guy's got it. Uh, and obviously I'm trying to – I said on Twitter I'm trying not to – or X, I'm trying not to – I'm trying to temper my, my emotions because it is just one game. It's such a small sample size, and obviously like he did do good in his small sample size, sure. but there's still things to improve. He's still a freshman. He's still a young guy. There's going to be ebbs and flows, so it's like you got to understand all of that, and obviously there's these freshmen that come in and are able to get it immediately and have amazing seasons. I hope that's it for him, but also I'm trying to sit back and just wait and see. You know, He is good. I can see that he has a talent, but but – Let's give it some more time. Introducing SmartBiz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses from Blackfoot Communications. With out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover, you'll stay seamlessly connected. Just $20 a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com slash better Wi-Fi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Last thought on this, uh, and then we'll talk about uh, the cat loss and and Sac State Montana uh, this upcoming weekend. Um, there's also an element here where, like when the Bobcats did this with Tommy Malott, the, the, you your senior year at Montana, yeah. you guys took it to Montana State, you whooped them at home in the rivalry, and it, it was like this abrupt fall off of the Cats, and then everybody's wondering what's going to go on with them. Well, then they make this crazy move where they bench their – Starter. Former ACC quarterback and Matt McKay. I mean, Matt, Matt McKay was a four-star recruit once upon a time. NC State, right? NC State. They bench him. And he said, well, I'm not getting benched at Montana State. So he just leaves. Right. And you the, still got benched, though. He still got <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear. And, and then they roll the true freshman. Right. And and part of, of that run that Tommy Malott led Montana State on was was magical. I mean, he really he had like an outside-of-a-body experience against yeah. Sam Houston in South Dakota. Yeah. But that's where being a freshman, I think, helps you. One, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. And so you just have no idea what's going on. But other, the other part is nobody has any film on you. That was why, I mean, Tommy lot. no one had any film to game plan for this guy. Can he throw? Can he run? What boom, can he, do he blitzes well? everybody. So I think that's another part where maybe they slow play this for a couple more weeks, but then they have this like kind of element of surprise where people don't really know about this yeah. kid too. So yeah. there's, a, there's a game plan part there too. Yeah. I, that is understated about young guys that the fact that you don't know, especially you know, quarterbacks. Yeah, for sure. Defenses are building game plans around the guy with the ball. In his right, hands. right. But I'm I'm talking about like the mentality of like you don't really understand the pressure right. that's on you. You don't really understand the expectations that are on you. You don't really understand like so you're just out there having fun, not realizing that everybody's like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. And then for sure, man, yeah. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. You know this as a pro player. that You go through that as a football player. 
You don't know what you don't know doesn't hurt you. Okay, blah blah. blah. But then all of a sudden you're known and you got a target on your back. You went yeah. through this with the Grizz. Man, people are game planning for you. But how do you break through that wall? Okay, now I can still prove that even when people are trying to take me away, I can still be productive. Right. And you go up and up and up. I mean, this is why Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL, right? Because he's hit this ceiling five different times with people doing all sorts of crazy stuff, and then he punches through the ceiling right. and he keeps being better, keeps right. being better. That's it's what every good quarterback goes through. It's what every bad quarterback goes through too, though, because sometimes. I mean, Brock Purdy's going through right now. Man. You got a 10-game sample size. You're the man. Then all of a sudden, everybody figures it out, and now you look terrible. Also, he doesn't have Debo. No, for sure. He doesn't have Trent Williams. I mean, Trent Williams is a Hall of Famer. That that does not help not having your Hall of Famer. That's so good. I mean, he's he's the best offensive lineman of our. Of our lifetime, right? I would say. I mean, he's, or at least of the modern generation. I mean, him and uh, the Browns guy. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, Joe. Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, it's those two probably, man, for sure. Man, he's so good. He's so good, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so it is, it is interesting how you have to punch through the ceiling. Okay, so um, what do you think of now the Big Sky title race now that Montana State went and lost in the Kibbe Dome? What a crazy October it was, and now here we are. And for the first time in so long, everybody that's good has to play everybody. That's my thing. For sure. There's no excuses. There's no, hey, this team won it and this team won it because they didn't have to play these teams. Sack, Idaho, Montana, Montana State will all have played each other by the time the season's over. That's awesome. Yeah. And there's all this discourse online going on about the seeding and the and the rankings and everything. And you can say what you want about the rankings. The fact of the matter is we will know in a few weeks. That's right. You know. So you can say this about the ranks. You can say that about the polls, whatever you think. It doesn't freaking matter. We're going to find out who the best team in the Big Sky is, and I'm so happy about that because there were so many years where we didn't get to play this team or this sure. team didn't get to play right. Montana right. State, didn't have to play. It, it's just so jumbled up that, you know, I'm so happy the way it's working out. For sure. Uh, I, I think all the stuff on, on Twitter and the internet about the polls is crazy. Uh, first of all, the polls don't matter right. because the, it's all about what the playoff committee is going to select. And those are the rankings that we look at. And those are the ones we, we go after. Also, though, there's a bunch of people that vote. If, just a quick story. There used to be 162 voters in the Stats FCS poll. Then they took most of our votes away because a lot of us didn't want to vote during the spring season because only, I mean, less than half the country was playing. Yeah. I was still watching it or whatever, but I'm like, I don't want to participate in a poll where... It was just the, different. The teams I cover are not playing. Right. And so I, I just... Okay, so then everybody lost their vote, and now there's all these other voters that I, I don't really know what their legitimacy is as, like, objective media people. But there's also been this weird thing that's happened where trolling Grizz and Cat fans on Twitter with your poll has become, like, a business model. Right. And that's just so stupid. I know. Like, the dude that's got the Grizz at 17 in the poll, like, come on, man. That's You're just lying. I know. You're, you're, you're just li- lying. We you're play in the best conference in the FCS. <laughs> you are literally just trying to get there's engagements no way on that your you can, There's no way that you can justify as being 17. And I said, I said this. I, I don't really care about the the polls because right. eventually it is going to be worked out. But when you vote on what is supposed to be the benchmark poll right. for the FCS, when the FCS every year is fighting for validity, fighting for standing in, in yep. college football, people are like, oh, it's not real D1. You know, All the things I've heard throughout sure. my years of playing the FCS, yeah. I, I I want people to respect the FCS. But when you do something like that, it shows no respect for the FCS. Like, there's no way we're 17 in any metric you want to look at. No, right, exactly. Uh, That aside, here's the best part about it is, of the four teams that are are still sort of at the top of the league, they all control their own destiny, even if they're – Idaho's in the driver's seat right now because Idaho's already played SAC, Montana, Montana State. Right. Right? But every one of these teams controls their own destiny because if you just win out – you're going to be – all four can't win out, right? Right. 
So whoever wins out is going to be the two seed, period. If Sac State wins in Missoula and then beat, wins at UC Davis and is 9-2, and two, they'll be, they're going to be the two seed. I guess depending on what happens with Cat Grizz, but they'll be right, either right. A, the two or the three. Right. If Montana wins out, they're the two. If Montana State wins out, they're the two. If Idaho wins out, then probably they're the two, and then the winner of the, the rivalry game will be the, the three. So either way, you are if you win out, you're going to be the two or the three, and then you're going to play each other somewhere down the road. So, I mean, I just think it's great that it's going to get settled on the That's going to be so interesting with the playoffs and the Big Sky teams that are going to be on the same side of the bracket and – you know, who gets home for the, That's just my thing is if we do end up, however the bracket works out, if we do end up seeing Idaho in the playoffs, I want it to be here. Right. Because we went there. I mean, and I know playoffs is way different. We went there, but, like, I want them to come here. Like, right. you know, come beat us under the lights in Wagres in a playoff game when it's, like, 30 degrees yep. outside. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Well, let's talk about just the, the d- different dynamics for each team. Then for for Idaho, to me, it's about now you do have the premier games in your rear view. Now you just yeah. can't stub your toe. Right. But you, you can't get drunk on your own headlines, though, right? I mean, yeah. you got Northern Colorado this week. We were the next week, and Idaho State the next week. You should be favored in all three of them. But if you lose any of those, it's going to knock you all the way down. It might knock yeah. you all the way out of a seat. Yeah. So for Idaho, you just got to keep it steady, right? Yeah. What uh, what? Why do you think Idaho State didn't play their Jordan Cook last week? Man, I don't know. I wonder if was he did he not play at all? He played maybe a couple plays, but I saw Hayes a lot. Huh. And I was wondering if he's I don't know if he's hurt or I'm sorry to say change the subject, but No, it was, totally. It was, it was I was so questionable about I I, I didn't wonder know if why part they of it that. was like just the game plan. Because Sac State is vulnerable to running quarterbacks. I mean, Tommy Mott rushed for like 120 yards on them yeah. a couple weeks ago. Hunter Hayes is like their running guy. Maybe it was just the looks they were showing him. I don't know. I didn't even think they ran that much, though. No, for sure. I mean, <laughs> there's there's a variety of answers, I think. I don't know. There's probably some, so either something we don't know when it comes to injury or something like that. Right. Or I just think that sometimes, I mean, I think that the biggest plague in college football is overcoaching. Yes. I, I think that it happens across the board. Like the Cats were, last week against Idaho, Idaho's showing them sort of like voodoo fronts, and they were showing them weird boxes, and they were like showing them false cover two looks. To make them pull it on the RPO and throw the ball. Yeah, when they're not there. <laughs> that, so, you're okay, you're saying we, we're taking what the defense gives us, whatever. Stop that. Yeah. Just run the ball. Yeah. Like, that's what I, you do. I will say against Idaho that I noticed a little differently against Sac State. Sac State stayed in a lot of zone coverage, they did. a lot of off. You know, Idaho played a lot of man. They and did. They kept a lot of hats towards the, towards the line of scrimmage. They did. And a lot of times when they did try to run it, Idaho was right there, yep. able to make a tackle, you know, because they had their safeties low. Yep. So I think that plays a part into why they were throwing some of those RPOs. For sure. Because the look, you're reading the numbers in the box as a quarterback, and you're yep. like, we got six blockers, there's seven in the box right now. Yep. I need to throw this. Hit the, but hit then the you shot. throw it, you hit the shot, you throw it, they drop it, it's a little underthrown. You know, that's one thing, man, that hurt them. That touchdown that got dropped in the first half. I mean, half, they had multiple drops that I thought were absolutely killer. Man, that touchdown where it hit off number 14's face mask, that, yep. to me, that ball was a perfect 
Yep, and absolutely. The play kind of broke down. Tommy got out of the pocket. I think they were running four verts, and he just kind of turned over his right shoulder to, you know, scramble for Tommy. Yep. And just, I mean, those are the worst when they just hit off your face. Like, ugh. So for Idaho, you got to just not, not uh, get too big for your britches. Right. For uh, Montana, you have the toughest schedule of all the contenders left because yes. you have to play SAC and Montana State, but you get both of them at home. Yeah. So you just got to keep building the momentum, right? Yeah. What, what determines SOS? Because I've been seeing that a lot, and I'm looking at our schedule right now for the rest of the season. Everybody's saying we got, like, the 51st SOS strength of well, I think schedule. Well, I think it's probably to this point. Uh, I think the strength of schedule is probably getting dinged because they played a non-scholarship in Butler and a D2 in Ferris State. Montana's got to win out. Montana State obviously has to win out. Yep. Uh, I, th- I mean, in Montana's standpoint, you just have to execute, and you can't hurt yourself. You can't shoot That's yourself right. in the foot. I mean, just do what you've been doing the month of October, which is easier said than done. But just don't let – I mean, man, I'm so nervous about this Sac State game. So tell me why. So my, my thought is yeah, every, every once in a while there's just – well, first of all, I'm reading this great book. Do you read books? A little bit. I've been, I've been I'm, getting into I'm it. A, I'm going to give you this book when I'm done then. You're going to appreciate this. For sure. Reading this great book by Malcolm Gladwell. It's called Blink. And it's all about how as humans, we've developed this crazy sense of consciousness so we can we can think and oftentimes overthink so many different things. But like you hear the phrase gut feeling or first impression. So often that's just true. Yeah. That what you, th- you know, they call it thin slicing. A lot of times if you get to know somebody better, you, you, you're probably going to form a different judgment of, of them than when you first met. But a lot of times your initial perception, good or bad, is pretty accurate. Yeah. Right? And that, and situations are the same way. The situation makes me feel great. I want to keep coming doing this. The situation makes me feel bad. I want to get away from this. Sometimes, every once in a while, it only happens about once a year, but I get gut feelings about the Grizz and the matchup. I just think that no matter what sort of in-depth analysis we could do about sacks, strengths, and weaknesses, the Grizz, strengths, and weaknesses, I just think that Sacramento State coming to Missoula on November 4th for a night game means that the Grizz are going to rip their faces off. I just I just think the Grizz are going to roll on Saturday. I, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're going to blow them out, but I think that they're going to completely overwhelm Sacramento State with the energy they bring and the just the violence that they play with. Yeah, I think the the level that our defense has been playing against and you can say it was just Northern Colorado but I'm telling you, I'm watching the games. I'm watching the. Film. I mean, Northern Colorado had like one first down, dude. Yeah. I mean, like it doesn't matter who you're playing. Our they, defense they is gave flying up, around. They gave up 94 yards of offense. That's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I don't care what you say. Our defense is playing at a really high level, and um, man, it's just that's really what the matchup is. It's our defense versus their offense. I mean, obviously, our offense has been the question all year about are we going to be able to move the ball when it matters the most, and. I think we will be able to. I don't think Sac State's defense is particularly strong in any area. I think they're good and they've been good enough in most areas to yep. get by, but I don't think they're particularly strong in any area. I think we have to exploit that, but it really comes down to stopping their offense, stopping their quarterbacks, and being able to stop their weapons on the outside. I agree. And uh, the reason that the style that the Grizz play, the defensive style that they play, the reason it's so unbelievably dominant at home is that it is just so based on energy and passion yeah. and fly into the ball. I mean, you got a bunch of dudes who have pretty good talent defensively, yeah. but I, I dare I say, I think they only have one guy who has true elite talent on defense, but they got six or seven guys on that defensive unit that when they're playing well and they're playing at home, they're playing 10 or 15 rate Madden rating points better than what they actually yeah. are, right? Oh, yeah, they I mean, those boosters. Braxton Hill can hit 
hit himself to a 97 when he's playing at home and he's rolling around. And I mean, you know, and that's what makes it great. That's why the style is so appealing to Grizz fans, Mm -hmm. I think. And that's why they're so tough at home. And you got a bunch of guys who are from Montana who care a lot. Oh, baby. You know, you got Braxton, you got Ryder, you got Jackson Lee. Um, you got Jackson Klusiewicz, Jace Klusiewicz, Jace Klusiewicz yeah. on the outside, Garrett I mean, Graves, Garrett Graves, Levi Janikaro, so many, Tyler Flink, Flink, man. I mean, Kale Edwards is basically from Montana. I mean, he's yeah. from Idaho, two you know, two hours away. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, it's uh, that's always one of the most fun parts for me about covering this stuff is uh, when it gets down to it, and you got the guys that are seniors for both Montana and Montana State that are from Montana that know that this is their last run, the level that they can get to. Is just it's just so impressive. I mean, just look at how Jace played in that twenty-one cat game. Right. Cat I mean, Jace Lewis played. I mean, he played out of his mind. Man, he it. You could tell it meant something to it him. Meant, meant the meant the world to him. Right. I mean, it, it was it was the, one of the great biggest moments of his life. And That's, this is a guy who could have went and played in the NFL for Jace. sure. Just literally only cared about Grizz football though. <laughs> right. Like he right. just moved back to Townsend to start selling some insurance. You right. know, like he you was know? just he was good with it. I'm Man, good. <laughs> he's fine. He's like I lived out my dream. I played for the Gri- I played for the Cats. Like I don't need anything. Yeah. I mean, I played for the Grizz. I don't need anything yeah. else. Like I beat the Cats. Totally. Like, Man, I love it. I love yeah, Jason. Yeah, much. yeah. Uh, so I, I do agree. I think it's Sacks offense versus Montana's defense. That's a key matchup in the game. For and sure. I, I I seen Sack live twice now, and uh, I think they're good. I think they're good, but yeah, I, I do think well. that there's a different level. I think I think right now there's there's a narrative that there's four Big Sky title contenders coming into November, but I think that there's four playoff teams coming in November. I think Sack is one of them, but mm-hmm. I think there's three title contenders. And I think it's Montana, Montana State, and Idaho. Yeah, and man. I hesitate to say this, but who have the Cats really played before they played Idaho and Sac State? Well, South Dakota State. They took them down the wire. They, right, lo- they, they lost. Right, right, right. They I lost. Forget, I always forget about that South, um, Dakota, South Dakota State game. But, you're, I mean, you're right. They they uh, ripped uh, Cal Poly. Um, who else have they played? Um, Who's their non-conference grade? Well, they beat Weber State, and Weber State was number nine in the country when they beat them. Yeah, now man. they've completely fallen off. <laughs> That's an interesting part, too. Like, what do you think of that dynamic? Like, what a team's ranked when you beat them. Like, that's a big win to go to the number nine team in the country and beat yeah. them 40 to nothing. Yeah. But then now it doesn't look like a big win because Weber has one conference victory and they're they're one of the worst teams in the league. So well, I think that's like, why you play all the games. That's right. Because at the time, you think it matters. At the time, but then right. when you look back at it, right. you're like, well, this team ended up sucking anyway. So, right. But, like, know. when you guys went to Davis in, I think it was 2019, yeah. and it, Dalton freaked out through five touchdowns. You had a couple. Samari had a couple. Um they were number three in the country at that yeah. time. That was a big that, game for us. That we team like... only finished five and six. Wow. But, like, I don't take anything away. Like, it doesn't make that win less good. If you go yeah. on the road and beat the number three team in the country, you deserve credit for that. So yeah. the Cats do deserve credit for for that. For, for sure. sure. For sure. And just like oh, we deserve credit for our UC Davis win this That's year. That's right. 100%. You know? Yes. Um, I don't know. It's definitely weird because once you do get the full resume at the end of the season, it's like – I guess you're just taking it by a case-by-case basis, like week by week. Yes. Are they ranked right now, and what do they look like right, right now? That's how we're judging them, and I think right. that's how it, it has to be done. For sure. Um, I, I I do feel bad for Northern Arizona this week because I do think that the Cats are going to be incredibly frustrated after oh, what happened yeah. last week. And, you know, there's been all sorts of criticisms about their play calling and their operations and all these different things. I don't think it was the play calling. And I don't think so either. They're going to go out and they're going to run for, I mean, they, they are going to stack it up as yeah. much as they can. They are trying to score 56 points before the fourth quarter even starts. On that play calling point, I truly think Idaho had a good game plan. I think they had a great game plan. I think they had a great game plan. For those that are listening, if you haven't checked out our Vandals Weekly this week, I did uh, a I did 15 minutes with 
Idaho's offensive coordinator, 15 minutes with their defensive coordinator. Their defensive coordinator, uh, Rob Orich, unbelievable. So revel- I mean, he was he was so honest, and he said, hey, here's the deal. Like I, He gave me the whole game plan. He's like, here's exactly what we did. And it was. It was brilliant. He said, he said we set a goal on Sunday. We were watching film. He said, all right, guys, this is going to sound crazy, but these guys rush for 328 yards a game. So our goal is 199. Hold them under 200, and we will win. What did they rush for? 128. Woo! I mean, you can see it <laughs> you when you watch it. the film. The box, yep. th- there's guys, they got hats. And I literally said this in my breakdown this week. I hope you guys go check that out. Uh, I was like, you can tell that they've been coached to not let these guys get around the edge. That's right. They've been coached. That's like, right. you can t- like You can just tell the way they were playing yep. that they did not want these guys to affect them yep. in the run game. Beat us in the air if yep. you can, but we're not going to let you run the ball. Well, let's talk about that factor real quick, and then, then I'll get you out of here. Um, sometimes some of the detailed concepts of football is hard for people to understand if they haven't been around or they don't study it like we do or play it like you do. Right. Um, the concept of setting the edge is such a big deal. Setting the edge or, or disrupting the edge, right? That's why guys that are edge players in the NFL are the, you know, they're the most important players in the NFL besides right. the quarterback, right? right? The thing that I think has helped the Cats set themselves apart in their run game, you, you, people can talk about their offensive line being great, and they are. People can talk about their receivers blocking really well, and they do. It's the fact that they have a tight end who's also a H-back slash fullback slash FY. Derek Snell, he sets the edge yeah. in the run game constantly. Right. They have two other tight ends that are good, but right. those guys are traditional like Y-type inline tight ends. Right. Snell, you can move him around and he sets the edge. And I, I just I think he's a next level guy. I, I think that is the most underrated injury in the conference right now. Because he's only I mean, he's got like 15 catches or whatever. They throw him the ball sometimes, he's but that's blocker. not what it is. He's He's a he's a true H back, and I think that not having him it, it's hurting them in terms of getting to the edge. Yeah, I think that I think that hurts them too. And I didn't even I mean I haven't paid attention to him as much as you have. I know he's a really good player, but um, I'm sure that hurts them. I mean, if that's somebody yeah. if that's somebody who's religiously in their game plans, did he play against Sac State? Uh, he did not. He did. Okay. He was a late that was scratch. First, that he, was first he, game, warmed, right? he warmed all the way up and then was like, I can't go. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that might be hurting them more than we think. For sure. No. For sure. I mean. There's there's the the schematic execution in the game stuff, but then there's also just the fact that this guy's a fifth year senior and he's the alpha yeah. dog of the offense, right? Yeah. Like, you got the stars and the, you know Tommy gets the ball all the time right. and you got all these, this dude's the dude that sets the tone. I right. mean, you know this the guy that's like the crazy guy that's the fullback or whatever that guy is so important. He just to your, doesn't want to do anything but hit people. That's right, and that's so <laughs> that's so important for the whole confidence of your team, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to make one more. Oh. This is what I'll say about Montana State. In a game like you had against Idaho, yeah. where you're not getting the ball a lot, yep. you have to make the plays. You have to make the plays. And they just didn't. You and that's go, something that they've done three it out. You can't go three it out. Like when Idaho has the 12-minute drive, your next drive, you got to take eight minutes you off the clock. You have to. You have to. And you have to get something, whether it's three, seven. You can't come away empty-handed the whole first half. That's a hard – I mean, man – I just can't say enough about the coaching staff of Idaho and the job they did against um, Montana State. They coached a really good game. This is a game. This is a team who doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I mean, even though they had a few false starts, um, a questionable false start or a questionable offsides that could have been gone either way in my position, in my opinion, they called it on Montana State. Um, there were just a few mistakes that you hadn't seen from them this year that they made in this game. Things that you didn't see against Tech State that is just like, man, that hurts, especially considering that you aren't getting the opportunities, man. Uh, all right, last thing for you then. Grizz minus three and a half point favorites. I think the Grizz cover and win Saturday night. What do you think? I think they cover. I think they win as well. Um, man, 
you you got me feeling better after you said <laughs> that you think they're gonna roll. I think I think they I think they're gonna roll too. And I'll I, say I just think it's gonna be really hard for Sack to handle the crowd, the crowd and those crazy Montana guys just going nuts. That's what I was gonna say. I the mean, crowd. this is the last night game of Levi Janicaro's career. Man, like he is he's just not gonna not go. Yeah, completely outside of his mind. He's just yeah. not gonna not. Braxton yeah. Hill, same thing. It's Nash something about like, when those lights come on and walk. For Riz. sure, man. I mean, remember the build up to that Eastern Washington game in twenty one. Yep. I mean, like it's just something about that. So I think I think it's gonna be an electric environment. I think we're gonna feed off that, and I think the Grizz are gonna are gonna feast. Cats are minus twenty seven and a half. Whoa. I think they cover. I do too. That's what's crazy. It's like you're like, whoa, four touchdowns. What was the I, line for the Montana game? Uh, the Montana game is minus three and a half. Montana's three and a half. No, I'm saying for Northern oh, Colorado. Oh, oh um, minus 22 and a half. 22, okay. Yeah, yeah, I think the Cats cover. I know. I was texting you. I, I, said, I think I said 31-7 last week. The Grizz will uh, barely cover and not go over. And you said, you said something like 40-something. You were closer than I was for sure yeah. last week. Oh, you week. talking about on the pregame show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said 40 to 17. 40 17, yep. So Instead I was wrong 40, on Northern Colorado. Zero, but I was yeah. right about the score. Well, good. Uh, Sammy Kim joins us here uh, once a week here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Have fun in Green Bay, man. Man, it's going to be awesome. Uh, we'll talk all about that next week, but uh, thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications.